I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, guys, this is episode 23, and I cannot believe it's episode 23. It means we've been doing this for six months, basically, which is wild. Um, hey, everyone, I'm Liv Simons, um, and I've got with me Ruth Simons, my grandma, amazing psychologist, sexologist woman of the people legend among all (laughs) i feel like i haven't spoken to her in ages we took a week off last week and guys i really appreciate everyone being so patient with us i'm going to be honest with you it was freedom week down here in sydney i was literally just sending it all over sydney plus i had a massive week of work and i was not in the right headspace (laughs) to be talking to anyone was i but when i had a conversation she was like i think we should skip this week well when you turned around and said to me i think we should skip this week i didn't realize it was freedom week and 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 you were telling me how tired you are because you'd worked 10 hours that day and then i see a photograph of you of you on instagram at a party, and I realised, oh God, it's Freedom Week. Now I know what Olivia's why why she's so tired and exhausted and can't do the podcast. I, I it's got true. it. True, <laughs> I was on a I was on a ten hour shoot, and I felt like I'd been hit by a bus. And then I had like a a social ting. You know me. <laughs> I'm a social gal. Got to be out with the people. You can't keep me caged up well, for too long. Well, I'm very happy it's happened in Sydney, and, and I I can't wait to get out of our dome that we're living in up here. <laughs> I know, I'll be up there yeah. sooner than you yeah. know it. Mm. All right, guys, we're really excited for tonight's episode. We've got lots to cover, and tonight we're going to be covering a different array of topics, and um, that will include talking about um, when to put yourself or your female child on the pill, which is um, a hot top at the moment. I personally am not on any contraception and love that for me, but have been on the pill. I've tried everything, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, we're also going to be talking about when is a good time to move in with your partner. Um, blended families, huge mm-hmm. topic. A lot of people have been asking us to talk about this because it is mm-hmm. such a common um, situation to have to deal with and learning how to navigate, that can be super helpful. I personally can offer no help. I, I um, can. Considering that's my job. Like, yeah, but... <laughs> But that's why we've got Bobby. Exactly. If you want to learn how to be having a hot gal summer, I'll do my best to tell you I'm just going to have a hot mess summer, let's be honest. No, I'm just kidding. All right, Bob. So what, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start off with... Um, when is a good time... Blend no, jams? Let's talk about when is a good time to move in. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a mm. great question because... As, especially mm. because, I'm going to be honest with you, after living in London and spending a lot of time in Sydney down here as well, 
I feel like a lot of people would move in because it's cheaper for rent. And I don't hate that. I think it's just clever business, mm-hmm. if I'm honest with you. But what are your opinions? Because I remember once, I looked at him writing this, I'll shush in a second. I remember back in the day when I was like talking about moving in with my first ever boyfriend, you were like, don't move in without That's a rent. That's right. <laughs> I did. Um, we're not together <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Might, and I was like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. No, I, Here I, we are. I was back in the dinosaur days when I was saying that. <laughs> I'd love, yeah, but what are your opinions on when's the right time to move in with someone? Well, you, you tell me from your perspective. When mm-hmm. I mean, what you said really just made a lot of sense. I actually wasn't, didn't even think about it from the perspective of saving money, um, particularly yeah. when rents are so high. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that when two people meet and fall madly in love in that limerence phase, my recommendation under normal circumstances when rent wasn't that high was not to move in for about 18 months, believe it or not, because I honestly think that when you move in in that limerence phase of the relationship and... It's not real. Well, it's... It, it, it's like you're playing That's house right. and it's very hormonal and everything is wonderful and it's like living in a bubble. And and limerence lasts anything from six months to about 18 months, top weight two years. But And it doesn't matter whether you're male, female, gay, straight. When you're in the relationship and that limerence phase wears off, you're – you you are at an equal place sexually so you can you know you're like rabbits you can't get out of bed you want to just spend every minute with each other and you become every surface is a sex absolutely and then when that wears off if the the male or female gay or straight if one of the people is a 10 out of 10 sexually and the other person Mm has risen to be a 10 out of 10 during that limerence phase, when that, when that limerence phase stops, the, the actual person that's got the lower sex drive can drop down to a 2 or 3 out of 10. And right. that's when they knock on my door and say, you know, well, I want to go back to 10 out of 10. And there's no, if, if somebody's interest in sex is a 2 or 3 or 4 or 5 out of 10, there's nothing a sex therapist can do to raise that level of interest in sex. It's part of your DNA. And, and so not only does your, you know, the sexual discrepancy happen, but then you start finding out about each other's, you know, the real you. And you might find out that you've got different values, that you don't have the same sense of humor, that you don't like each other's families. And, and the real world comes into your world. And you don't really find out, find that out, you know, Till after around about that eighteen months mark, and so there you are living with somebody, and that you don't even like. At the end of the day, you wake up in the morning, look at the guy or the girl next to you on the pillow, and you think, "What the hell am I doing with this person? We have nothing in common." That usually happens to me after about like three days, but yeah. I think when you were looking to move in with someone, I think it really varies. I think it's a case by case basis, and I think that moving in with someone shouldn't be taken lightly especially because if god forbid it doesn't work out the dividing of the things and the moving out situation yep. sucks it's yep. awful 
and it's never easy. I think I've been through it and don't get me wrong. I was very lucky. We had a very amicable breakup and, um, we managed to do it really nicely and stayed on really good terms. And it was probably the best of a really bad situation. Mm. But I think it really is case by case. Yes, definitely. Rent is a huge factor. If you're spending every night together, you're getting in your flatmates ears and eyes and space, go move out, like, you know, figure it out. If it's the right move for you and you feel like it's the right step, 100%. I would usually say between six months mm. to a year for me mm. personally, but you, babe, you've got to like get with me for six months. That's try knock it, locking me down for six days. That's a challenge in <laughs> itself. Um, but I also think it also depends the age that you're at. So I feel like when you're younger, I, I personally believe that it's really important to go and like travel and live with friends and live with strangers or try new different things or even live on your own where before you go and move in with someone forever because I feel like you pick up on all these different skills that you wouldn't usually get just from jumping into a house with a friend or a house with a mm. partner. That's just me personally. But I think if you're more along my age... I think it doesn't really matter. (laughs) I feel like the older you get, like if you know, you know. And I think that's just because when you get to my age, I'm only 31. I'm not like 100. My age. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You're the youngest, youngest, youngest hundred year old, you know. (laughs) Oh my God. If you could see her, you wouldn't even believe she's over 50. So, I believe that when you get to my age, you are far more aware of what you want and what you don't want in a partner. So when you know, you know, and it all happens quite Mm. quickly. And especially because you're far more definitive about making a decision. It's not so much like a backwards and forwards. It's kind of like you've got the life experience. You've got the like, I don't know, the confidence to back yourself. But that's honestly just my opinion. And I'm no expert. Bubba says 18 months. I say... Whatever you feel yeah, like. Yeah, I just I just <laughs> want to add to that. It's quite interesting again, Liv, and that is that what I'm finding with my clients, the older they get, the less likely they want to move in with with another person. They actually yes, I'm finding my older clients, when I say older, between forties and fifties, um, that have been married, they've had their kids and blah 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 and they meet with someone. They don't really want to move in with someone. They're really, really happy to have a, a lovely re- relationship, living separately so that they've got their own lives. They've got their cake and eat it too. And, yeah. Is this all, Is this like when they've got like like also leaning into blended mm. families? Is it, Do you reckon this also has to do with, you know, having their own space and like not having to like blend two households together if you are dealing with kids from a first yes, marriage or and that does it actually does go into the blended family story because can we can we go straight into that have we finished with when's the good- i'm done i'm All ready right. to move on yeah, if you are you know me i've got attention span yeah, of a nap when couples come to me and they actually the, the the issues that they walk in the door is is the problems that they're having wanting to blend their families and it not and it's not working and I say to them the first mistake you did was move in with each other with blended families because the success rate of that is is so low and that I highly 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 recommend couples who have got younger children to never move in with each other while the kids are never while they're young while they're young and growing up and becoming teenagers that i i i was going to say what's what's well, young 
any, I think that, that, well, let's start about the time that they should move in with each other and that is when their kids have grown up and almost at year 12 um, and finishing their uh, high school certificates and school and that's, that's, and by that time, you'll know whether you like each other and like each other's kids. But, you know, when you fall, when couples fall in love with each other, it, it doesn't mean to say that the kids fall in love with your partners. Nine out of ten times they don't. And blending families really don't work. The Brady Bunch has, it really is a myth. And I, I think that children go through a lot of trauma when their parents separate and I and yeah, not only they do would. they lose their home but they then when when a new person comes into their life a stepmother or a stepfather they they actually become quite uh, upset angry they don't you know that the person what what a child takes from their own mum and dad um, they get angry with them, but they forgive them and love them the next day. But step parents are never forgiven; they always become the wicked step parent. Mm. I mean, there's always there's always like you know the tendency to be for you know the step parent to be portrayed as evil. That's like you know in every Disney movie and every kind of like you know childhood I don't know story growing up. There always seems to be some sort of like you know darkness surrounded with a step parent but why is that and why do you think step children seem to you know be so abrasive towards um, a step parent or reluctant to accept them like why is that well I think that quite often I think that a lot of people don't realize that they're actually um, creating an unhappy life for their children because not, not intentionally, intentionally yeah. but uh, the best relationships are if uh, the female can stay in her home with her kids and the guy can stay in his home with his kids and the same also in gay relationships as well. And that is it. Yep, so everyone, everyone stays, stays in their, stays own, in home their, their own, own home with their kids. You, you, they can still have the most wonderful, loving relationships and, and mm. even have – night outs with their blended families or weekend outings with their blended families, even go on holidays with their blended families. But give your children yeah. a chance to have their own roof under, over their own house so that they can be themselves and they don't have to learn to live with a new set of rules. And and that right. it's, it's far more grounding and it creates a lot more happiness for everyone concerned because once the children make up their mind that they don't like their step-parents. Honestly, they spend the rest of their life trying to make everybody's, else, everybody's lives a misery. And and the people, really? and I know one person in particular, I, I just, she, she, she was such a perfect example, a friend of mine who's a psychologist, um, she fell in love with a guy and they both had three kids each and they were single parents that literally – Literally a Brady Bunch yes, situation. And they both had their children full-time, so they – they didn't wow. – neither of them had the uh, other partner so that they could take their time out from their kids. So they mm. decided never to blend their 
their children and they didn't <laughs> and they had the most beautiful relationships and the kids absolutely loved you know, her children loved him and like vice versa, mm. but they never ever put the six kids under the same roof. And do you think mm. because it's like in a way you're respecting each yes. other's space? Mm. And I look, don't get me wrong, I think it's great. I know that especially when you're totally in love and in a new relationship, it's all very exciting. You want to live together. I get that. So you think that blended families should never move in together unless their children are older in life? Yes, 100%. And do you know what? It, we're talking like teens or like uh, well, not age. not early teens because early teens are nightmare children anyway to their own parents, let alone let alone to their uh, to their stepchildren. Way to, way to put that subtly. <laughs> the fourteen, fifteen year olds. When 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 my clients come in and say I've got a fourteen year old, I go, oh, I'm so sorry, but they do grow up. <laughs> they do they do grow out of it. <laughs> oh my god! Were you ever a troublesome teenager? Me. No, yeah, you. <laughs> I, I grew up in a, in a in a world where you weren't allowed to be troublesome teenagers. Really, <laughs> that's why you're rebelling. Probably your age now. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, back to, back to the blended families. That uh, there's always the exception to the rule. There'll always be someone that will be listening to this yeah. podcast saying, "Well, we were lucky because it really worked well for us." But I I. I but then we love that for you. Mm. Amazing. Like, so happy but that I, worked out. I, That's, like, love exactly. that you're the exception. But I also have to point out that there that there is a lot of abuse that happens in blended families as well. And it's not necessarily... What kind of... Wait, what kind uh, of abuse? Well, there's a lot of, well, physical, verbal, but particularly sexual abuse. And not always from the stepfather, but it can be the stepfather's friends or family members oh or even even wow. the children of the step-parent, whether it's the, the female or the male, um, who have mm. got older children and blending them with the younger children. Uh, because I, as you know, being a sex therapist, I see and hear sexual abuse stories every day of the week and it's mm. very very common for the blended families to sexually abuse someone in the family so um, I, it's a warning yeah. that i do believe that you need to protect your children every which way you can mm. and and have a loving relationship with the person that you fall in love with but do the right thing by your children and live separately till they're grown up and then you guys can move in together with each other and everybody lives happily ever after. But I'm very much... Wouldn't that be the dream? Yeah. Live happily ever after. And the ca- yes. I have a, I, I've got a question yeah. for you about yeah. moving in with someone. What happens if... Yeah. I know that... So I know you mentioned that people like... as like you're, You tend to see a trend that as people get um later on in their life and they're you know set in their ways and they've got a very comfortable setup they tend not want to move in with their partner what happens if you're you know young and single and you've got all these walls and boundaries up and like people keep trying to like get in and get to know you and like want to like be with you and you've got all these walls up and you're just having issues with commitment issues and don't want to move in with anyone ever again what then well I would be, I'd work with the person as to what the mental block is and 
So, ha, I mean, have you got a boyfriend at the moment, right at this current time? <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think? Yeah. I have No, I don't. I'm not even seeing anyone. It's like quite okay. refreshing. So, um, <laughs> have you picked up the person's name? I'm like, I'm having real issues letting anyone in at the moment. Um, why? Can you tell me why? I don't. I don't know why. I just feel like I meet all these great people and I know that they're a catch. I know they're a great guy. Yes, I'm attracted to them. But then as soon as like anyone remotely seems to get closer in my, I don't know, starts to break down my barriers, I freak out and just like run away and push them away. Uh, is, is there – what? well, maybe you haven't met the right person, Liv, because what – you know, I, I – Maybe. Because I am capable of it. I have been in long-term relationships have, with and people I love. I, I think that yeah. knowing you personally, I cannot see you having a fear of commitment. I think I – I know you suffer with FIFO um, and I <laughs> – Oh, FOMO. What's FIFO? FOMO. <laughs> I knew I was nearly right. I had something like that. <laughs> so you're doing that was great. You did great, that's really FOMO. FOMO. Uh, and, ma- yeah. and maybe you don't want to commit to a guy because the fear of missing out on something a bit better. Uh, that sounds a bit. Yeah, that, that sounds a that, bit of me. Yeah, that does sound think, a bit ooh. like you. But I know that there are people mm. who are commitment phobic, and it, the, the the psychological backdrop to that live is when people fear commitment is because they they think that committing to a relationship means ownership, and people don't want to lose themselves in a relationship, and. Oh my god, that just hit the the nail on the head with me because in yeah. my last relationship, I so we obviously talked about yeah. getting married and having kids, and I said to him, "I am so scared of losing myself to a baby, and losing my personality mm. to a child, and like losing myself to the relationship." One, that's exactly what my fear was. It, yes. Is that the same well, fear? To, a lot of people just don't want to lose themselves, and in the sense that they don't really want to give up. A lot of their own freedom because when you do go into a relationship you really have to seriously look at what am I prepared to give up to be with this person because mm. when you're single you have so much freedom and you don't have to ask anybody permission to go out with the boys or go out with the girls or pop down the road to see your mom or and that a lot of that changes when you're in a relationship because even when you first meet and fall in love, first of all, you stop seeing your girlfriends for a while when you're so symbiotic with the person that you're in love with. Um, and so a lot of your girlfriends get upset with you because you can't oh, – and the boys, if the boys are, you know, missing out on going out with the boys. But once the novelty wears off, you know, the boys want to go out and still have drinks with the boys and the girls still want to go out and do their thing. And so there is a fear that – I don't want to give up a lot of my my joys in life to commit to this person because I don't know what I want more to to do I want to commit so that I am I am I somebody that does want to 
uh, have a partner, have children, settle down. And so a lot of fear of commitment is that fear of ownership. But the best relationships in mm. the world is where you allow each other to be yourselves. But, and you know, I talk yeah. about A-frames and H-frames and the H-frame is that when you can be yourself like the, like the letter H, the letter H has a bar across yeah. the middle of it, which, um, shows that there's always a connection. And so when couples get together and allow each other to be themselves, but must stay connected, by sharing the same passions and having the same values, that's when you have the best relationship in the world. But when you get into a relationship where one person won't let the other person go out, uh, they have to be answerable for everything they do, they stop them from seeing their girlfriends and boyfriends and parents and aunties and uncles or whatever it is, that's, yeah. that's the fear that people have when it comes to commitment. I just don't think I'd ever let – I don't think I'd ever be with someone like that. I, I have once before and I said I never would again and that I haven't gone right. back down that path again. But I've got some really great relationships around me. Like some of my friends are in the most unbelievable, stable, you know, amazing relationships where they absolutely do allow each other to be themselves and then come, when they come together it's amazing. But – um, I'm glad I've just hijacked this whole podcast to give myself That's a good. therapy session. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> Are you thrilled? I, I actually Could enjoyed that. Anyway, if any- <laughs> I've, wa- I've been <laughs> wanting to give you therapy to- for years, so this is great. <laughs> I know, I know. So basically I've just got to ra- wait for the right person and yeah. it will fall into yeah. place, I think. I'll keep you posted. But, yeah, no, long story short, okay. not dating anyone. So <laughs> – the the bottom line is when somebody comes in and says they're scared of commitment, I ask them, well, what are you frightened to give up? What's the fear of giving up uh, that you have yeah. that's causing you to be scared of commitment? That's that's the bottom line of it, really. Yeah. So. Mm. Okay. What about? Um, okay, so we talk about yes. contraception and the pill. I am a huge advocate for doing whatever's right for your body mm-hmm. in this instance. Oh, my God. I don't know if you can I hear can. Lester barking in the background, but he's going crazy at nothing. Sorry. Um, I Yeah, I basically, from experience, I've done, I've tried quite a few methods. I've done, you know, the Implanon, which is the implant in your arm. I've been on the pill for so many years. And I'm actually really curious to think about, actually, do you know, guys, anyone who wants to know, Bulba predicted my period before anyone else. So it was the night before I got my period. She looked at my mum and goes, has she got a period yet? And mum goes, no, she goes, any day now. And the next morning it came. So not only is <laughs> she psychic as well as a psychologist, but I'm curious to know, Bulba, like what are your thoughts? Like when do you um, start looking into contraception well, for your child or for yourself? The, the, th- the thing is that uh, I had this gorgeous, lovely doctor who is a friend of mine. We were talking about this the other day and, and we were talking about, you know, what happens when a young girl comes in and asks to be put on the pill. And she said she likes the mm. girls to come in with their mums and she won't ever put a girl under 12 on the lowest, uh, uh, you know, the, unless they've had their periods. They must have, they must have had their periods yeah. menstruated. Mm. Wait, 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 wait. People want their their daughter on the no, pill no. before they've even had she a period. Said that some kids, because they're so naive, 
um, they, yeah. They think it's cool. She said that, of course, she asked the questions, you know, have you had your periods? And she asked the girl, even though the mum is sitting in the room, she said that she really um, makes, she aims a lot of the questions at the, the girl and um, yeah. she asks questions like, are you sexually active? That's one of the questions she asks. Mm-hmm. And she also asks um, the child, if, and if she doesn't know, this is where mums come in handy, does the child, does the girl have any health questions like contraindications like deep vein thrombosis, diabetes, migraines brought on by estrogen can cause deep vein from thrombosis. And she asked these sort of questions. You, have you seen on when you get the, when you get the pill? Have you seen the side effects? The like the list of side yes. effects from the pill. It it's literally might as well You're be not a wrong. And one of the long. biggest things, that, believe it or not, and I have no idea why why they've brought out a pill, but a lot of my clients who come in and say they have lost interest in sex, it's I say to them, "Are you on the contraceptive pill?" And they said, "Yes." Many pills, literally. Um, uh, yeah, affect the young girl's sex drive. It is total libido killer. I know. I, I totally yeah. experienced that myself yeah. personally. Yeah, crazy. And there's no there's no way to fix it other way than other than coming. Well, right. yes, the, the best way is to come off it, and you know, uh, boys yeah. have to use condoms and be very careful. Um, yes, I've got to say though, the condom is making a comeback. I don't know if it's because I'm, I don't know, 30, flirty and thriving, but I, I feel like the condom is making a big comeback. I went through a big part of, of my, I don't know, maybe because mm. I was in a relationship as well. But a lot of guys will really, really resist putting a condom on. And I just think that's such poor form, especially when they know the girl that mm. they're banging is not on any contraception. I think that is yes. such poor form. Question for you, Bubba. I know we're talking about the pill. Random question. If... Say, for instance, you have, um, you have unprotected sex and then you go to get the morning after pill the next morning. Who pays for it? <laughs> I, I would definitely make sure if I was a girl that I always had money to buy that pill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. But I just think out of courtesy, I'm going to tell you a story. Yes. I think out of courtesy, I yes. once hooked up with a guy and we had to go and get the yeah. morning after pill the next morning and I – because I knew I was ovulating, it was like, mm. I don't know, whatever happens. Like, we definitely use protectant, but it split or something happened or it slipped off. I don't know. Something happened. I can't remember. But I remember going to get a coffee with him. Like, we walked up the road. I bought coffees. That being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm being nice. Yes. He'll go get the pill or like whatever. And literally, we got to the chemist and he was like, I'll hold the dog and you can go in and get it. And I was just like, okay. And then I was like, hang on. I was like, not only am I purchasing this bloody pill to mm. go fuck up my body now. I don't know if well, don't say I wouldn't say it fucks everyone's body up, but it just like it makes me really sick. And I've bought you a bloody coffee. I was so off it. Like I feel like that's just such poor form. I don't. I, I can't answer that question. I I think that everybody needs to be in control of themselves and not rely on other people to. I know, but at least at least have the yeah, courtesy to offer. That's probably why. Did you ever go out with this guy again? Well, that's probably why. No. If he'd been a gentleman, he would have turned around and said, let me pay for it. <laughs> yes. 
not a, uh, do you know what if i even if he i even if he'd pay for it and even if he like offered to yeah. see me again i think yeah. not a chance and Sorry, look I, I know that a lot of couples get together meeting in clubs and bars and things and quite often you go to bed and have sex under the influence of alcohol and drugs and so forth but i do think you say that so that like matter of fact like, <laughs> i hear it every day of the yeah. week <laughs> You should see how she's sitting. She's like drugs and so forth, sitting back with her head resting in her hand. But it's true. And the thing is that it's such I a know. shame that people, because you know that once you lose, once you're under the influence of anything that takes you, you lose control of rational behavior. So it it's. I never lose. I never I don't lose believe control that of for rational a Tell someone who believes you, <laughs> Olivia. Um, but the thing is that if, but all right, let's. You know, I guess that um, if you're going to end up having sex with someone and they don't use a contraception, um, you you have to take some sort of responsibility yourself for allowing it to happen. <laughs> you know, yes. Oh, I'm not saying it's all. No, I know, but I'm just yeah. No, I know. And also, like, we've learned a lot of life lessons over the past few years. Okay. That's all I'll say. But the other – well, the so thing the also is that um, this doctor said that she makes it very, very clear that uh, the pill is not a barrier for a sexually transmitted disease. And so many young True. girls think that the True. pill is a barrier and it's not. And she said that she makes all her young uh, patients come in. She recommends them to come in every 12 months um, for a screening test. And she explains to them it's not invasive. Yes. There's no swabs, no no internal examinations. It's just a urine sample. And and she said that yeah, – no, she And a blood test. No, she said no? she don't have to. usually have both. There's – Oh, I yeah. I obviously need a thorough well, check. She every says time. that she doesn't want the girls not to come because they're scared of of, of having the screening. Yeah, but um, I thought her advice was very very good, and I I do like the idea that mums go with their daughters so that p- their parents are aware of it, what's going on with with their their young ones because yeah, let's definitely. face it, they're underage to be having sex anyway, really. I know, but we're all so doing your mother it anyway. may, so you might as well just your parents each may other. as yeah. well make sure that that you're safe and that you exactly. you're in you're doing the right thing for yourself and for for the child. Yes, but I I like people our kids having sex as young as uh, age. 12? I don't know about literally. Lit, I, I know twelve is maybe I'm old, well, but that's what I do very young. Do from the age of twelve is they have the the boys really enjoy a lot of oral sex and yes but, but all boys but enjoy what they oral do sex. is they talk these 12 year old girls into uh having oral sex with them and i know at one stage here on the gold coast there were boys having contests to see how many lipstick colors they had on their oh on God, their genitals yeah. um through the oral sex seriously i think that's co- I think that's uh, called Daisy. Well, I don't Daisy know. I don't have the name for it. You have. <laughs> and 
course I've got the but bloody the whole thing is that you know we're talking about twelve year old girls and they don't even see it as sex. Well, you know Clinton didn't think it was sex either. Remember he 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 denied that um, <laughs> that oral sex was sex. Um, so it it became oh, yeah. it became the joke I mean, of the yeah. um, of the century. Um, but uh, girls will do anything you know put out to please and and also mm. to, you know to feel accepted and so um they don't even see oral sex as being sex so mm. i feel like a lot of yes. people misconstrue that i or i'll be honest i'm often a culprit what of do you that mean well. what do you mean <laughs> please explain <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I really think that girls should be taught that oral sex is sex, and not to be, and not to be taught anything different. And I know I'm old-fashioned, yeah. but I still believe in there are certain values and morals that you teach your children, and that's one of them. Yep. Agreed. I've, okay, I'm no- please noting write it that down, down Bubba. And I'll send you an email to remind you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's wrap it up there before I give any of my other deep, dark secrets away. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you so much. That was episode 23. We hope you enjoyed it. Please write and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please join the podcast group called Sex With My Grandma Podcast on Facebook. And feel free to reach out to us with any questions on the Facebook group or slide into my DMs. Um, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Thank you. Bye, Dale. Love you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.